Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Time to do the intro for the Storybox. Welcome one and all back to another episode of the Storybox podcast. My name is Jared Fansom and I'm your host for this show. Thank you all so much for your support the last five episodes. I really, really do appreciate those of you who are returning to listen to this episode and for those of you who are new to the Storybox. And if you haven't heard the other episodes, go back. There's uh, four of them so you can listen to business owners, you can listen to uh, special makeup effects artists, you can listen to counselors, uh, actors. There's a whole array of stories out there for you to listen to um, in in the previous episodes. But this episode today is different to all of them because music, my people, is powerful. And spoiler alert, you're going to hear a lot about why music is powerful in this episode with my next guest and good friend, Zachary Hickson. Uh, He goes into depth into why music is in fact powerful. Uh, So if you are interested in hearing about that in particular, then tune in to or keep listening uh, because he's going to talk about that plus loads more other fantastic stories that we get into. A lot of laughs as well. There is a lot of me talking as well. So if you can put up with me talking as well, then uh, you'll be fine. (laughs) So anyway, guys, uh, without me continuing on, enjoy this episode with Zachary Hickson. So I've been recording that as well. So added bonus material. Added bonus (laughs) bonus behind the scenes show. Get a a bit of an Apple plug. Yep. Develop the whole whole ecosystem, Apple ecosystem. Apple sponsor us, please. (laughs) (laughs) Need the extra cash. Please do. (laughs) But thank you so much, Zach, for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on here and share your experience with everyone. I guess uh, what I want to start off with is you introduce yourself, Mm -hmm. uh, your past experience, uh, what you do Mm -hmm. for starters, what you have done as well, and just sort of what you're passionate about as well. Yeah, cool. Uh, well, um, I was, I guess it, like when I, when I think of where I sort of started, it was, um, I attribute a lot of it to homeschooling, um, for me personally, um, because that gave me a lot of freedom when I was growing up to really pursue the passions that I was interested in, um, which was, which was really awesome. It gave me that extra amount of time and it allowed me to try lots of different things and got me sort of, you know, um, inquisitive and, and learning stuff from a young age. Um, I think that has really helped me over the you know the past many years because when you're inquisitive and you, you're wanting to learn new things, you can well, no matter what sort of subject or area it's in, you can you know you can still 
still do it. Um, and so I started, you know, I was obviously interested in music from a young age um, and still am. <laughs> it's still my passion. Um, I guess I'd say I have lots of passions, lots of different areas of interest, but, you know, you only have Music one. is your single most, your favourite passion, the th- one that you've sort of... Music is, yeah, yep. yeah. Music is my number one passion. I think it's it's that thing where like if you, if you you know, they say if you don't, if you, money wasn't an issue, what would you do? Mm. Music is is the answer to that easily. Um, I would love to just, you know, to write music and um, even like even teaching music, just anything music, <laughs> anything music. Um, but, you know, when uh, I guess like when I when I started learning uh, music, I started very young, like super young. And my parents played heaps of music at home. Mm-hmm. Um, they were big into music as well. So I've, I've, I can attribute that. Can they play any instruments, instruments or anything like that? No, no. They were just like my dad especially had like massive, he had lots of like music collections um, uh, from, so he was all, we were always playing, he was always playing music around the house um, and he's got this amazing memory. Like you, he can hear any song he'll tell you, like walking through the shopping center and be like, oh no, that song, that's from like this artist and this artist back in the wow. day, like back in the 90s, yeah, 60s, 70s, 80s type music. That's incredible. Um, so I think that's sort of where I got that that passion for it. Um, I so started being surrounded with that sort of environment, got yeah. you a little more interested in it. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. Um, I think that's one of the things with music is uh, a lot of, you know, when you, when you're surrounded by, or well, when you're surrounded by anything, it, um, it's sort of, it takes, it can take a hold of you, you know, and, and really you get interested in it. Um, so I started like playing on like little drum, like drums, matter pots and pans when I was like super young. Um, and really that was where I, started musically was actually with the drums um back in the day little prodigy uh, yeah <laughs> not, not quite a prodigious level but you know it was a, it was an interest of me and i sort of and I, I knew back then when i first started like that i had a natural sort of sense of rhythm um and it would frustrate me when other people would try like when my, my siblings would play the drums or something and you know they'd be off off beat <laughs> or something i was like how is it's simple you know it's just like this this rhythm yeah let me help you uh, yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah um so you know that that's sort of where i started and then my parents started you know putting me onto like keyboard and then piano and and the rest is history you know just practiced a lot it's a key to so you piano. your parents uh how did you actually learn the piano did you did you have a teacher come and, and teach you or? I learned piano. Um, I believe we had, there was like classes or something um, possibly around the right area. They had like an evening kind of or afternoon class for kids, people that wanted to learn keyboard. They had a room with a bunch of keyboards set up. And um, from memory, that's sort of how, that's what was my first introduction to it. And we had an electronic keyboard at home. It was one of those keyboards that would have, you know, the red um the red keys would the keys would light up red so you knew which ones uh, to play. Like yeah. you, you could had lots of preset songs and you could just pick whichever ones you wanted. Um and so that that was heaps of fun. I loved like just playing through that. Um and then we then we ended up going to uh, a teacher nearby us and I started doing lessons there. Um I had a few teachers over the years that were really, really fantastic and they helped all had their different sort of approaches of teaching piano. But you know, in the end Did you um, have a favorite teacher? Oh gosh! One that stands out the most? Um, definitely um, uh, Miss Melody Melody Ringwald mm-hmm. was my primary um, primary piano teacher for the for the longest as well, and she sort of helped me through um, most of my main um, main when I did started doing exams and stuff like that. I think before Melody, um, I had Apo Marlow. Oh yeah, um, and he was fantastic as well. He was a great teacher. 
Um, but you know, I've had, I've had good teachers. I've been really blessed to have good teachers throughout the years, um, that helped, you know, and helped sort of grow my love for music as well. Cause they also love music and that's, you know, that was contagious, I guess, in a way. Mm. Okay. So in terms of homeschooling, mm-hmm. what was it about homeschooling? Was it the fact that your parents were actually teaching you, uh, the curriculum or, cause I went to like a private school, mm-hmm. private Christian school. Yeah. And that sort of helped as well. Mm-hmm. But why do you think some parents decide to homeschool their kids rather than send them to school? Um, Cause it's an interesting yeah, thing, it is, you know, it is. like you, you want to send your kid to school, but mm-hmm. then you're kind of cautious about what's being taught at the school. Absolutely. And yeah. there's a lot of things these days, especially that are being taught to kids that are leading kids to being depressed and mm. all, all sorts of issues yeah. that are coming out as a result. Mm-hmm. So do you think it's better in a way, in, in your opinion? Like mm-hmm. you're more than happy to say this mm-hmm. if it's yeah. not. Um, uh, I would say in, in my personal opinion, um, I prefer the approach of homeschooling predominantly because you have the ability to have such a Big, because education is such a big part of uh, uh, anyone's growth growing up, you know, in their childhood. Um, and I think that the control, not the, con- the control, sound, control sounds like such a, a strong word, but the part that you have as a parent then to be able to play in their education and seeing them as an individual, uh, them as a child grow up and learn. And you as a, as a parent, if you're actively involved in that as well, you know, you learn a lot. Um, the reason I, we, we did homeschooling predominantly was because I, being firstborn, was super introverted and shy. And when we when I first started going to preschool, um, I was just, I hated it. And I would just like stand at the gate, like crying for yeah. mum to come back. So I was, you know, I was, I was not good with that at all. And I think mum was concerned about how I'd go at an actual school. Um, and so she just started looking at alternative approaches. And that's when she found homeschooling. And so I think a lot of it stemmed back from the fact that, you know, I just, as a young kid, I wouldn't probably wouldn't have done very well in a school environment. Um, but then, you know, it turned from that into being just the fact that, you know, mum could really guide us through the education process, have a big part in that. And also, you know, have a little bit more control over what is, what is being taught and the influences over the children's children's lives. Um, so whether it's the best way, I, I, I wouldn't say it's the best way, um, because I don't, I don't know what the best way could, would be like, I don't know if you could call anything the best way, but I think, you know, in most situations it's, it's ideal, especially nowadays there's so many opportunities, even if you are homeschooled, there's Mm -hmm. still so many alternate pathways into things. And I don't know, uni is obviously the main concern with homeschooling, but you know, I think there are so many alternate pathways once you finish school that it's not really as big of an issue anymore. Um, but like, uh, you know, we've spoken, my wife and I, about it, and you know, homeschooling's great. But you know, if your if your child wants to be a doctor, there's a point where probably in high school or something, it might be good that they go to some sort of a high school just to be able to get that certification to go yeah. through. So there are some things I think special cases where that's the best. Um, but I think the most important thing is that when whatever sort of education you're going through as a child, that you develop that that self that ability to self teach and that ability to 
be curious and and grow. And if you've got that, then whether you're at school or at home school, you know, that that will take you further in life. For us, socialization wasn't an issue because we had a church family. Um, We were there regularly every week. So we, growing up, we had friends, we had we had homeschool groups. There were lots of support groups that we went to. We had friends in the local area that did homeschooling and we'd have like, we'd have picnics and catch ups all the time. So you're right. Like that, I think that's one of the, that is one of the misconceptions possibly about homeschooling is the socialization aspects. And I think it's part of the parents' responsibility as well. And that's one of the, I guess the difficulties of homeschooling is making sure that your kids do actually get the socialization. Otherwise, you'll just end up, you know, in some hobbit hole and you know, <laughs> the kids will come out of the school and they won't be able to, you know, communicate effectively yeah. um, with people. And the reality is as much as you want to shelter your kids, in the end, your kids are going to have, you're going to be out in the world, working jobs, interacting with people. And, you know, one of the goals, I guess, is as a parent, if you're going to homeschool, um, is to make sure that your kids are going to be able to function effectively. You're preparing them for that. Absolutely. Because otherwise yeah. it's going to be a massive shock. For them to it's see all be that, such a like, shock, that's yeah. gonna that's weird. I haven't seen that before. Yeah, exactly. You know, like it, yeah. So, okay, going from I guess being homeschooled, where mm-hmm. did the desire or I guess the skill to do web design, uh, graphics, where did that all come from? Um, while while I was like afternoons as a teenager, you know, um, I first got curious about Photoshop because um, at our church. One of the one of the um, one of the men there would do all our designs and our brochures and stuff, and I loved how they looked. I was like, "That's so cool!" Like these little designs and how you know there were like people with like you know collages of different people together. And I was like, "Wow, that looks so cool!" You know, how do they do that? And um, he sort of introduced me to Photoshop, and then from there, you know, I sort of went home and um, yeah, found a. a versions of photoshop that i could download for free. <laughs> let's just say that i think everyone at some point started there um of course of course yeah. that's the that's the legit way to start so you know <laughs> that's how i started with photoshop and i you know just played around with it figured out um you know i, I tinkered around on my family's computer a lot at home um i was curious to see how things worked. We had a book when I was growing up. Literally, it was called How Things Work. That's how you learn people by books. Yeah, and, and absolutely. It out. Yeah. That's how I learned. You know, I didn't. I didn't really Google much stuff back then. It was around, but I didn't use it much. Um, predominantly because you know my parents were good. They didn't let me have too much time on the computer. Go but outside, books, Zach, and play. I know. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Um, go outside, play. But you know, we went to the library. We got books. Yeah. I got books on design. I got books on Photoshop. I got books on. Once I started doing design for a while, then I started, I got curious because I'd see websites. I'm like, well, how how does someone make a website? And um, I figured out, you know, that you could right click a website and click view source Mm. and you could see all the code. And so I'd copy and paste, copy all that code, paste it into a text editor, create my little HTML file. And then I'd, I'd, um, I'd just write in the lines, line by line of the code, go to the web browser, refresh, see what had happened go line by line and it would be broken. I'm like, why is it, why is it broken? And then, you know, I'd add the next line and then it would start working again. I'm like, oh, okay, so that does that. And I'd sort of make those associations. You're like almost connecting the dots. Yeah, in connecting a way. the dots, just That's, seeing how it works. Like yeah. what's the word? Um, it's like re-engineering it or um, reverse engineering it. Reverse, engineer, thing, reverse yeah. engineering it. Um, and got books on, got a book on HTML, worked through it. Because anyone can take something apart. Yeah, it's about putting it back together. That's the skill. 
I think you, understanding it, yeah, 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 understanding how it works behind the hood. Um, and I'm still, I'm still learning. There's so much to learn, um, and it's it's constantly. I mean, the technology and all that stuff is just constantly changing. So, what I learned back then was great. Was a great foundation, but I'll always say that that was the best thing I learned during those years was just the ability to um, figure out how something worked and do that, you know, and learn um, how things work behind the, you know, behind the hood. And what year was that he started? That would have been when I was probably 13 or 14. Um, I think I built my first proper website when I was around 15. Wow. Um, but it was probably like a good few years 13, 14 um, was when I think my 13th birthday I got um, I got a book from from someone in my church on like design and digital design using Photoshop and stuff. And so it would have been around 13, 14, yeah. But, uh, and thinking that. of it back then, honestly, the, the difference between Google back then and <laughs> the web browser, the computer speeds, oh, yeah. it, it's amazing how anything got done. <laughs> oh, exactly. The, the actual financial aspect the budget that you had yeah. to purchase a computer i mean my first computer i remember it was so trashy yeah yeah uh, it was it was shocking i think it only had like 512 megabytes mm-hmm. or something of ram and yeah. that back then you're thinking this is this is the best of the best yeah. is <laughs> you just happy to have something yeah it's your own you can work with if it starts up like the old windows xp yeah um i think the first because we had a lot of desktops Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. So my dad was, he was a gamer, a big gamer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he had two computers. One of them was for him yeah. and the other one was for us. Wow. But our one wasn't exactly, it was his older version of it. Mm-hmm. But we just, I remember like at nighttime, me and my older brother would go and play all the old Atari games like Metal Gear wow. Solid. Uh, there's an old game called Soldat. Uh, wow. re- reach out to me if any of you know that because that <laughs> that game I have not met someone else that has actually played that game. Wow, it's like it's, a boutique uh, boutique little game. There. It's a very boutique little game, but it was incredibly violent. <laughs> like it, it was a great, just, a great uh, a great game to to play then as a young young kid. Uh, tell me about it, man. We'd be playing it until all hours of the night. So wow. like we had a three bedroom house, and mm. I would sleep with my younger brother. My older yep. brother had his own room, but that's where the computer was. Right. So yeah. late at night, my older brother would come in. He's like, "I'll be sleeping," and he'd wake me up, and he'd be yeah. like, "Jared, let's go, let's play the game." I'm like, game. Oh, come on, because <laughs> it'd be levels that he could do right, and it'd be levels that I could do. Yeah. And so we sort of like took it in turns. Oh, like if one of us hilarious. died, then yeah, like it, it was just an amazing experience, like doing wow. that. But remembering when I first got Photoshop on, on my computer, yeah, I I started editing on the old Windows Movie Maker. Yeah, like I figured okay. it out because mm-hmm. I always had a sense of when I would watch a movie because you had the old VHS tapes you put mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. and you just sit there watching the movie, and I just be like, okay, how do they get the cut? Like, yeah, how yeah. do they cut that, and how do they piece that together, and how do they get the sound as well? Yeah, and yeah. Then back then we weren't allowed to watch like all these movies that are out today. Mm-hmm. Um, we were only allowed to watch. I think it was over PG thirteen was you know, like the max we could go to. Nice, nice. And we weren't able to go to the cinema either. So, yeah. you know, I grew up with Princess Bride. I remember that was the movie. Oh, yeah. You know, that was my one of my favorite movies when my dad brought it home. Yeah, yeah. I watched that movie so many times. But wow. it, it taught me the processes involved of the start of the movie, mm-hmm. the titles, 
this is how a movie is pieced together. So that made me want to do the same thing. So I started researching like editing programs and and all that. Um, But yeah, that just learning Windows Movie Maker, then Premiere Elements, and then now Premiere Pro, it just all stems from, you know, starting somewhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's a that's a that's a great progression. Windows Movie Maker to Premiere Elements. Yeah, yeah. It was like I remember when I first got Premiere Elements. Actually, a friend of mine lent it to me. Yeah, yeah. But I never gave it back. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> it's just like because he ended up moving uh, down to. I don't think I've got it anymore. It was like 2000 and, 2003. Wow. I think. It's still a pretty good step up though from uh, Windows Movie Maker. I'm oh, absolutely, hundred sure. percent. I could not stand like the transition yeah, effects yeah. in Windows Movie Maker. <laughs> little like little boxes that is like fade off little yeah. pixelations. It's yeah, it was just one of those things where wow. I was like, I need something better. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was that constant desire or urge to learn something new. Like, yeah, yeah. And when you're passionate about something as well, you don't care about how long it takes mm-hmm. you just do whatever it takes to actually learn it just keep working so i mean for you in in the processes involved with making a website mm-hmm. how many hours do you reckon you could attain to like per day that you would actually spend making websites or designing probably probably two to four hours mm-hmm. roughly um i think like you know, most of my evenings were spent doing that a lot, and 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 um, so yeah, yeah, roughly two to four hours a day, I reckon I was I was spending doing that. That's mad. I would I would have spent like way more hours than that, but it was good. My parents made sure I was balanced. <laughs> <laughs> I got outside. I do other things. Got and, some sun. Like, yeah, exactly. Were you uh, an athletic person growing up? Or not really? No, I I, I enjoyed I enjoyed like oh, actually. Well, I, I was into like a little bit of running and stuff like that, and and it got into soccer as I got a bit older. So, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't really call myself athletic. But I enjoyed, I enjoyed the exercise and and just the the speed of being able to run fast. Because your brother's really into soccer. He is, well. yeah, he's super sporty. So there was always a bit of competition in the family. But I, I was always resigned that he was going to be the he was the sporty one. You let him and, win. Um, <laughs> oh, totally, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Um, no, he he was genuinely he he was good. He was competitive, um, and he I just let him do that. I'm like, you do that. I'll I'll be the I'll be the nerdy one. <laughs> I'll go make all the money. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, I didn't I didn't realize it back then, but yeah, true. I guess nowadays the tech uh, tech is a pretty uh, can be a luc- a pretty lucrative. Uh, is he business. is he coming to you now saying Zach I need help designing certain things? Or? Uh, sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've helped him out with some of his recent. Um, he started a, a new uh, like uh, events events company. Yeah, so I helped cool. him out with that and yeah. set him up there. So yeah, I mean it's it's a great skill to have. It was great learning it because I could you know help out friends and that's you know that's the funnest part. Someone's got friends got an idea or something, and they can come to me and you know I can just be like yeah yeah totally I'll. I'll um, if I've you know if I've got the time, which you know is is always the struggle, <laughs> but if I've got the time, you know I'm, I'm always happy to help, and and it's exciting to see people's you know, ideas come to come to life. Because you've helped me out on so many occasions, <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. And financially, I wish I could pay you back every oh, single cent. I know for I the know hours, <laughs> and you know my my main. I guess desire has always been to pay back those people that mm, have helped me mm. in the past, whether or not it's financially or just giving back yeah, yeah. Um, as best as I possibly can, mm, mm. you know. And I mean, 
you and I met, I think, when we were 12. Yeah. It was a very long time ago. It was a long time ago. And yeah. from my understanding, this is what I remember it as, you went to Metro, uh -huh. I went to Southland, yeah. but we're good friends with the Andersons. Yes, And the Andersons, right. uh, so family connection. So family connection. they invited us one day to, to church, yeah, to yeah. Metro uh -huh. uh, for some special event, I think. And then back then I knew that the person who taught you uh, Photoshop mm -hmm. was doing it. Mm -hmm. I think it was, and I also uh, kind of was a little bit jealous of the Reeves a little bit, like <laughs> their, their dad worked for Channel 9. True, and it was like, true. I wanted the camera. I wanted, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they're making some weird uh, puppet thing uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> back yeah, then. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, I want to make movies too. Yeah, yeah. You know, can, where, where can I start? So I guess like we just had conversations as well in the past, mm, but mm. I asked uh, your, I forgot his name now, um, Herringson? Herring, Herringson? James Her Herringson? James yeah, Herringson, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So he he knew Photoshop and he did the cover. Mm, mm. And I'm like, cool, are you able to do that for me? Like, I just asked the question. Yeah. You know, young, naive, this elderly older man yeah. uh, is actually talking to me. It's pretty, yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> You know, but I just, I wanted someone to take me seriously and mm. to actually work with me. Yeah, yeah. And get my vision across. Mm, mm. And, you know, like I was doing it all myself mm. then. And I wanted to, I needed someone to help me out with music mm. for my movies. Yeah. Otherwise, I just download all these pirated songs and <laughs> add them to the and back then you didn't have like Hans Zimmer tracks and yeah Hans, Hans Zimmer was the best and um James Horner and oh, yeah. all those people yeah, yeah. as well uh from movies that I just lapped up like yeah 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 in, totally enjoyed but yeah. I came one day to to your church and mm. you were playing the piano I think right yeah and I remember asking you if you would be willing to help me out with a movie mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that was to honor the fallen yeah so that Classic. was the yeah <laughs> and that back in those days people we didn't have like we didn't have the ability to you know shoot 1080p or anything like that i yeah. remember it was it was so tacky <laughs> it was i gave zach a, a massive challenge <laughs> i think uh, to actually produce not only the music but the titles, yeah. the graphics, a uh, new logo as well, um, which still holds up to this day. In yeah, fact, like yeah. the Golden Earth one, yeah, it's still yeah, incredible. Uh, but gosh, that was uh, that good was memories. A long time ago, <laughs> and you know, like what I would what I would do is I call him up pretty much every single day and not have like because i would finish all my work and yeah, i yeah. think well zach's got nothing else to do he should be he should be working on <laughs> on the movie so i call him up and i probably harassed you far too much oh like, wow. and, and yeah, yeah. bugged you like i i remember like your parents voices on the phone is like oh it's jared again <laughs> it's like oh great i remember them saying that yeah i i didn't I, I never i didn't have bad memories about it though so i must have it must have been okay i think i was excited with the project to be honest like well, it was just it was, it was excitement yeah. of actually doing it no doubt but mm. i think uh just harassing you you guys <laughs> like <laughs> look, looking back on it now so yeah it's jared he, what does he want now yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no that was the first time we actually collaborated mm, mm. Uh, on something and mm. we ended up winning 
the the competition, which was an incredible experience yeah, wow. for, for us both. Mm, mm. And then we just went on to continue on and, and do more projects mm. beyond the past. Um, I think you've had a hand in pretty much every single project I've ever made, yeah. whether that's been music, design, um, but just having that friend and, and the collaboration over the years, mm, you know, mm. you've gone off and done your own thing and that's been fantastic to see, but you, mm. I still can come to you and yeah, yeah. I am mindful now a lot more that you are married and which has been <laughs> like incredible for you. Yeah, that's you right. Know, like growing up and, you know, going from a 12-year-old kid to now being the age you are now, married and, yeah. <laughs> you know, working full-time as well. Mm, mm. It's, it's great to see, mm. you know, and I guess what I wanted to talk about as well is music. Mm -hmm. Specifically music because you're passionate about it, but mm. what makes music powerful, you reckon? Um, it's the emotions definitely without a shadow of a doubt. Um, the music is su is really just, it's such an emotional um, uh, medium that really um, speaks to like just it goes straight it can go straight to the heart music and i think it's the emotional element of it that um makes it so powerful um and you know another whole discussion would be that you know i, I really do believe that there is a spiritual element behind music um that's probably time like for another discussion because there's so much you can go into there but i think like growing up i learned a lot about that and understanding the potential the music has to impact a person emotionally and because we're all emotional beings we um we can get influenced by music so easily even subconsciously um without even thinking about it music influences us in some way or another um and you know, we, when we're feeling sad, we have our songs we like to listen to. When we're feeling happy, we have our songs we like to listen to. And I think that just shows how, you know, music has, is so powerful emotionally. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a powerful medium. And it is. How, from, from someone that, cause I'm not like big on music. Mm -hmm. um, I remember like one stage in my life, I got hooked on, heavy metal mm -hmm. and I noticed that that was a very dark period of my of my life mm -hmm. and the, I realized that the music that I was listening to impacted the way I thought, yeah. the way I acted and I thought to myself, well, it can't be the music, you know, it, it's just my people around me, mm -hmm. the, but it was actually the negative thoughts that I had that came from the music because yeah. it got into my soul Absolutely, and then yeah. and this made me think all the wrong things and, you know, like it's a massive industry, mm -hmm. music. Mm -hmm. And so what do you think is the difference between, say, rock music versus pop versus, you know, soundtracks? Mm -hmm. Is there a difference between the way, what I was trying to say, the way it makes you react to the screen, whether it's in a movie or because mm -hmm. yeah, mu music is... Yeah. Like, like you were saying, incredibly powerful, mm, you know, mm. but I guess trying to get to the, the heart of what makes music powerful. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I think that in, in the end, artists are, are creative people, um, no matter what sort of medium, what sort of genre of music they're writing in the end, 
most artists, if they're really being true to themselves, are just going to create music they enjoy listening to. Um, and, you know, that that might reflect on their own personality, on their own um, their own interests um, and their own, even their own um, position spiritually. And those sort of, those sort of elements impact the kinds of music that they produce. Um, you know, whether there's, there's differences between different genres, I think also just comes down to um, people's, people's taste and what, um, what really speaks to them. Um, because there's so many different levels of emotion in music that they, you know, a pop song might, um, you know, make someone feel happy. Um, but that same pop song might be sad for someone else. They might, um, maybe it's memories associated with that song. Um, maybe it's just the the chords, the way that it's written, the instrumentation, whether it's played on a guitar or other kinds of instruments. Is it more the the chords, the actual music itself, rather than the words? Um, I'm I'm going to preface everything I'm saying here by saying I'm definitely not a music expert. Like I'm not, I haven't gone to uni and studied music or anything. It's just it's been my passion, and I've I've studied it a bit, and there's still so much to learn. But with, with, I think with um, what elements of music, it's really a, it's a combination of everything. It's hard to, I don't believe you can really isolate one or the other and say that that is what's affecting the emotion or the um, effect that that song has. I think the words are tied a lot to the music if it's if it's a song which has lyrics in it. Um, whether uh, whether you consciously are realizing that the words are affecting you they are they're going into your head um even if you say you know i'm just listening i'm just listening to the music of this song like the, i like the chords the the words are still impacting you they're still going into your head your mind is able to um to process those in like separately to the music that's going in as well so i think that they're very tightly tightly connected both of those and all aspects of the music rhythmically whether it's like the chord sequences that are in there and the words all have a, a strong impact on the kind of emotions mm. coming from the music, yeah. Like I notice as well when I listen to soundtracks, it has an impact mm-hmm. on – like I was listening to the soundtrack from Ride Like a Girl mm-hmm. and that I left the cinema and I had the soundtrack playing in, the, in my head and I was humming mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. as well. So what do you think? For a human, what do you think is the the part of music that sort of makes it addicting and makes you think about it? Um, I th- I think the you know a, a well written piece. It's just the you know there's it's the melody and the the patterns in there that just you know that get hooked into your ear. You have like an earworm or something, as they say. You know, <laughs> it'll just be stuck in there and it'll be playing over and over in your head. Um, you know, I'm I'm not really sure of the, the you know the the deep um, physiological level. You know how how music plays with our brains. I'm sure there's some great books you can get on that. <laughs> go <laughs> would, to the library. I know, go library. I'd love to. I'd love to learn more about that in the future as well. Actually, I, I am interested. I've seen there are some books on like on music um, and the the psychology of it, the psychology of music, and you know you can write music specifically to target a specific emotion or to generate a specific you know psychological response in people. But it's incredible. It, it's amazing. Yeah, it's 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 such a it's so powerful. As I said earlier, I keep saying it. But do you yeah, believe it's it really the most powerful, powerful thing 
for a human being, um, influence-wise? It's it's one of them, yeah. yeah. I think that, you know, they say that, you know, music does transcend where language barriers even are um, and people connect over music where from wherever you are. So it's it really is a universal language, music, um, and that's one of the that's one of the cool things about it you know that's one of the things that i loved about music and one of the reasons why i love music for film especially in that specific area because it 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 can tell a story and it can convey emotions um that you might not even expect or maybe aren't even yet in the film by itself you can with music bring those out and just slap it in someone's face and be like, this is the emotion for this particular film. Yeah, feel this section. way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You really can do that with music. It's so, it's almost manipulative in a way. You can really manipulate how 100%. people are feeling yeah. with that music. And then mix that with the images on the screen. It just it's a transcends. Double, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, double, a double, double shot. You know, yeah. It's super powerful. Like if you have the right kind of music mixed with the right kind of images mm-hmm. and it's... You can't beat it. No. Like the reason why Hans Zimmer is, I believe, is so prominent and so well renowned is because of that fact. Mm-hmm. And most of his, most of his um, soundtracks, mm-hmm. if you go through and you actually listen, it's so simple. Yeah. Like the way he writes it, it's simple, and you don't really think about it mm-hmm. that much. But to him, it's simple. But he's getting that message across the way that he creates that it's essentially it's a message mm, you're mm. sending another message through the music yeah absolutely. so you got the message in the film and you got the message in the music mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that you yourself are coming up with yeah that's right based on what you've seen or from the reading from the story mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. i would even say that you can make a story with mm. music yes you yeah absolutely 100 percent, absolutely and even even some songs like pop songs rock songs doesn't doesn't matter mm. Even though they've got lyrics, mm. they're they're writing either from a, a experience, mm-hmm. yeah, um, all kinds of things, mm-hmm. and it all impacts the way they create. Like creative people, we write the best stories, or we tell, or sh- you know, experience things mm-hmm. on a very personal level. Like we yeah. share them, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely, and they have the power to educate, mm-hmm. to motivate, to to. Um, you know, in, inspire people yeah, to even make people feel terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, all kinds of things. Yeah. So I, I guess that's another reason for this show mm. uh, is to get stories from different walks of life and yeah, yeah, to help as many people as I can possibly do. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So is there a specific story that you can think of growing up that? or a person mm-hmm. or that has really impacted you in your life like a mentor or um, it's really helped you mm. get to where you are now? Um, there, there's, not, there's not really one person that I would say that really that stands out. Um, I think there are definitely key people that have been instrumental in, you know, in mentoring me and, and helping me, you know, along along the path um you know it it sounds cliche but definitely my parents were the probably had definitely had the most impact on me um just from motivating me to do 
do what you know my desire like do my dream like follow my dreams really pursue my dreams and my passions um and you know their story of you know they you know work really hard and they weren't um like when we were young as well um, we had times we struggled financially as a family um but those seeing how they responded throughout that and the fact they kept working um, it definitely helped motivate me to want to work hard at whatever I did um, and really pursue, you know, your interests and dreams because you really do only live once and you've got to, you've got to spend the time that you have um, to the best of, you know, to the best of your ability. Make the most um, of the time. Yeah, absolutely. Make the most of, of your time. And, you know, I, I was really blessed growing up. I had, you know, really good friends um, like yourself as one of them um, that helped motivate me and give me the opportunities as well because, you know, when you're grow- as you're growing up and you want to start learning these different things and pursue these different areas, you want those people around you um, to be able to give you those opportunities and um, entrust you with these projects and things like that that maybe you don't yet know really how to do something but you're willing to, you, you're willing, you know in yourself you're willing to go away and learn. But obviously that's a hard thing for someone to be mm-hmm. like, you know, well, we're going to trust you with this project to really learn something um, and grow in the process. So... Um, yeah, I mean, everyone around me has always been um, inspiring to whatever areas that I'm, I'm working on. That's awesome, yeah. man. And if you listen to any of the soundtracks that Zach has written for any number of my films, you can honestly see the standout in the movie is that soundtrack. Like if the if honestly there was no actual picture <laughs> to watch, you'd be listening to that soundtrack over and over and over again because mm-hmm. it does tell a story, it does say something um and it, it's amazing like it i would picture in my head before writing a movie before even shooting a movie mm. what it would sound like and then all of a sudden i'd say to zach look zach can you make can you write do the music for this film i don't exactly know what i want yeah like i don't know how to describe it to you but can you just write something yeah and he comes back with uh, his first example, and it's exactly what I want. And he's just, <laughs> just like mind reading, just, mind reading you. <laughs> that, that's part of the collaboration process. Absolutely, you know, like yeah. every single project, I believe that you've been able to get inside my head mm. and draw out the music that I want in the movie mm. to excel mm. it. Yeah. And it's that collaborative process, like your skill mixed with, I guess, mine as mm. well. Mm. Absolutely. And just boosting it and the reason why they have been so successful is because of that Mm, mm. i believe like and now i think moving forward with like all the projects and everything i've been sort of mindful because you're very busy Mm, in asking mm. you to you know be part of something or to write it but i still want Mm. you there yeah, sure. Yeah, I feel like you're like almost like a lucky charm yeah. <laughs> in a way. <laughs> it's like, oh, um, that's yeah, I'll happily be, I'll happily be the lucky charm. He's, he's gotta, he's gotta have his name in the credits somewhere. <laughs> Otherwise, then it's just not. I don't think it's a, a Jared Fanson film without <laughs> Zach Hickson in there somewhere. So, you know, it's consultant, consultant. Lucky, you can put my put my credits lucky charm at the end of or the credits. special special thanks or something. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Like you've got to be there in order for it to go somewhere. No, I appreciate yeah. I appreciate the the kind words. It's it's definitely the collaboration has been fantastic over the years. And those each film, like even when I look back on the first film we did, 
um, Torn of the Fallen. I still listen to that soundtrack sometimes and I still reckon that's one of my favorite ones that I ever wrote. Um, even though it was my first, just because like I, you know, I, I cringe a bit at the recording qualities <laughs> and, you know, how I, how I, you know, exported it out and all that sort of, you can, you can look, if you overlook all those little things, you know, um, that was one of my favorite ones that I, that I did. I think I've got fond memories from every single, each one has their own element that I like. Um, I guess that's part of the fun, you know, mm. doing these projects together and working on the films. Um, yeah, they, they each have their own, their own story to tell. Yeah, hundred percent. I think for me as well, the standout for Two on the Fallen was the fact that it was the first project. Mm, mm, it absolutely. was the first time where we could actually see, all right, can we work together? Yeah, yeah. And you just excelled. Like <laughs> it was incredible. <laughs> oh, you know? it was a, it was a miracle. We we pulled it off. I'd like never done three D stuff, but yeah, we created this like Two on the Fallen title from like like a super early version of Cinema Four D. Which I don't uh, even know, like how how I managed to do that. Found piece together YouTube videos from all over the web. He, um, he pulled it off, people. Like it was an absolute <laughs> achievement. And getting because I wanted the we took the footage that was filmed on. I think my it was an old pocket camera. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't even do. I think it did about two forty p or something. Wow. You can tell <laughs> it's a shocking quality. Like today, you yeah. just look at it again. And if it wasn't for the music, I wouldn't be watching it. <laughs> just, I'd be sitting there like, I can't stand this anymore. Cause no, it's it's a great, it's classic. And then the sound as well. Oh, my goodness. The sound coming from that camera, we just used that. So I think you had to dive right into and I trying, remember, I remember trying to audio. get a good, because it was a windy day. It was day. a windy day, yeah, yeah. Um, it just everything was going wrong uh, on the day. Like I think we like we had to like edit some stuff as well, like in the actual film. Like we had to like mask over some areas as well, and so we like, did. you can see this box like following, yeah. like sort of not very well mapped that yeah. I had to map over stuff. I remember that too, and we had to, I wanted it to look cinematic, so mm. I wanted those lines. Oh, you had the yeah, sixteen the, the by nine, 16 by nine <laughs> and it just looks stretched. <laughs> I mean, as I was, long as it's cinematic, as long as as, cinematic. as long as it looks that, and the color grading as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm like color grade that thing for me. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, but can you do it? Um, you have a better understanding of oh, color, and so I think nice. it was me. If I was to do it, I'm a perfectionist, so yeah, yeah. I want to. I just keep doing it until I watch it up even more. <laughs> um, but if you were to do it, I'm like, yeah, Zach's done it. He's good. He knows what he's doing. I don't, so therefore it's good. Oh, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you thought that because I really didn't know what I was doing. But you know, that's part of the we, fun. We wing it like majorly and and, uh, surprisingly uh we actually won the the competition mm, mm. which led us to do beyond the past Mm, which mm. we ended up shooting or the collaboration with um uh, another vietnam war veteran that was amazing for for to honor the fallen the good thing about that i believe was being able to meet uh neville woodward Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who was a vietnam war veteran and the stories that he told Mm, to, that was amazing. It was yeah. absolutely incredible um, mm. listening to him because he was a sergeant, I believe, in in Vietnam, and just watching his his mates die in his arms and mm, mm. It, those kinds of stories impact you, especially as a twelve year old kid. Mm, it's mm. like, how am I? What am I going to take with that? I've still got the photo of me in in my school shaking his hand yeah, like, yeah i've still got i still remember that i've still got the photo you weren't there unfortunately mm, but mm. still got a photo with uh, my friend amos luke and myself yeah and we're sitting down at the rudy hill rsl yeah 
in inside the war section. Yeah. He's sitting down in the chair and it was just all three of us boys, a young generation yeah. of young people sitting mm. amongst this man of history, this man mm. that went through so much for us. Mm. You know, mm. it, it it's an incredible photo. And yeah. I hold those memories dear to me. Mm. But just mm. working on that project. Did you ever meet him? Look, I, I I don't think I did. I don't think I actually got to meet him meet him face to face. No. Mm. Um, but like you think about it, that's the sort of stuff you see in documentaries and movies and the fact that you guys had that opportunity at such a young age is is amazing. Mm. That's then, the sort of stuff that impacts you long term. I think as well at the actual competition we found out two weeks before, he I, he watched a movie. Mm-hmm. I, I heard that much. Yeah. So it was good that he actually got to see the product of him Absolutely. being, being yeah, part of yeah. it. But he passed away sadly but mm. his wife actually came that's right and we got the photo mm. it was terrible the, the photo was terrible because it was a flash <laughs> and the flash was <laughs> back in those days oh. they didn't revolutionize the flash no, it was no we all look washed out yeah it was amazing like we actually got a photo anyway yeah that's, right. that's a miracle we've, we've still got it but yeah, moving on from that project to mm. Beyond the Past where you actually helped me shoot mm, some was, of it. That was fun. Went into the bush. Yeah, I remember that. And <laughs> I got to dress up as a Vietnam War vet uh-huh. um, in some pretty heavy gear. But all those experiences mm. sort of – and over the years you look back on them now and excuse me, you look at where you came from, mm. you appreciate all that because yeah. it taught you – what you now know. Yeah, absolutely. And then the amazing part is I've been able to to witness your growth over the years mm. with your music, with your design as well as mm. maturity in that. Yeah. But I don't think for anyone really mm. would be able to get there in the first place if they didn't have those initial experiences, yeah. you know. Do mm. you have a fondest, the fondest memory of working on any of our projects? Um. I think my I, I do actually one of one of my favorite um, there's there's two that stand out to me and I think both of them was when I actually came in person to one of them was when I came in person um, on set when we did the Promise of Hope ah. that was a fan. <laughs> I really enjoyed that day like that was so much fun I think partially because I hadn't really been um, onto like, obviously I'd never been onto a movie set or anything and this was the closest I'd ever been to and it was it was a pretty legit like movie setup we had like we had the sound guys time, we had yeah. everything. Um, that was a really fun. That was a really fun experience. And the other was definitely going out and meeting um, the the man. I forget his name now, but in in Beyond the Past, when we went out to the um, the guy's actual uh, house. Vince Cosgrove. Vince Cosgrove. That's yeah. yeah. We actually went out to his oh, house did, and yeah. interviewed him. Yeah. Um, and that was yeah, that was just a. I still got experience. those photos. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember. It. We went into the house and got to speak with him, and I, I think his wife might have been there as well. His wife was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really good. Good memories from from that, and just meeting these people, um, and seeing a bit of the behind the scenes from you know the the effort that goes into into shooting a film because it's really, um, I guess your your part is is so big in in, in planning this and really doing like communication with people and organizing it and being bold enough to actually go up to these people and these, um, especially like because we were, we were young at the time and having that boldness to go and, and talk to these people and being willing to be rejected but, you know, being willing to have that rejection but to knowing that the the reward outweighs the risk. You know, if, you, if they say yes and they're willing to have you come film them and tell that story, uh, the rewards, rewards is, is worth it afterwards and you've got those memories with you as well. Yeah, honestly like 
is thinking back. I've still got the photos on set. Uh-huh. Uh, the Promise of Hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun one. Uh, fun yeah. Yeah. It was not one of my best <laughs> ideas, but, um, you know, like it's. Look, it, you, you try some some ideas. You, 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 it's it's better to try them than just to not be left wondering all. whether that would have that would work out. You know. Mm. And then we did. I think you helped out with the B Street Smart. Yeah. Um. You were oh, there. Yeah, yeah. I was there one. for that one as well. That's uh, right. We went to the cemetery. Uh, yeah. And makeshift. Uh, what was it? Trying to get a high angle. Yeah. We. You guys bought the ladder. Yeah, I'm <laughs> standing on the ladder, <laughs> shooting down, trying to get the pan in the from, from yeah. a high angle. That was that was good fun. And you just standing there like taking photos while I'm while I'm doing that. Yeah, like, yeah trying was, to get all our, all our friends and families to uh, trying to make to it look, look legit. Sad. <laughs> yeah, trying to make it look sad. And then there's a couple of people in the background trying not to laugh. Yeah, it's uh, incredible experience. Yeah, um, I was actually shocked. When it won the the B Street competition, yeah, you know, yeah. I was. But once again, I think it had to, had to be the music. Like oh, it was, <laughs> it, it just made the footage just shine out a little bit more because mm, mm. without it, I think it just would have like fallen. Mm, like, mm. I mean, it was almost like a silent film in a way. Like true, was, true. Mm, mm. There was a couple of moments of dialogue, but mm. he needed that music behind it just sort of giving it a little bit of a boost Mm -hmm. um well that's that's the whole purpose of music in film it's it's to boost the the primary story is that is what that you know what the director has in his vision as he's as he's making it and you know um that this a good film writer is meant to just enhance that Mm. Um, sometimes, you know, there are times where the, the, the composer will, will find it may be potent other motions they might want to bring out or an alternate part in that story. But like, you know, that's the 1% out of, you know, hundred, most of the time, really the, the composer's aim and goal is to just enhance that story and help convey that emotion, which the, you know, which you, you know, in your head, you, you know what that emotion needs to be, but um, it, it can be hard in just the picture alone to really fully convey that emotion. You might be able to convey part of that emotion, but to really have it like really have the per- it sink into the person's brain and be re- memorable to them. That's what's what the goal, you know, of the, the role of the music is almost is to just sort of push it over the edge and really make it make it sink in for people who are watching the film. What's the process like for you when you? see a film Mm -hmm. and then what goes through your head like Uh, interesting question um i'd say that it's the first thing that goes through my head is um trying to understand the full film it's it's daunting when you get the film because you it's so it's so weird watching the film for the first time with no music because you're like I have an in almost an infinity number of possibilities of directions I could go with the music that I'm going to write for this film. And you're watching the film and you're like, okay, you know, what am I going to, what am I meant to do with this? You yeah. know, it's very much like you've, you've got this baby in front of you and you're like, <laughs> I've got to keep it alive. Cause you know, this, the, the, you as like the parent of this baby, you, you know, you, you have a vision for it and you've got to try and do something with it, you know, don't um, drop it. Don't drop it. Exactly. It's, it's a little, it is a bit daunting. Um, 
It really is. But, you know, I guess just the way I, everyone's got, I'm sure got their own process. And um, I was recently, recently did a, did a, a short film at, at the conservatorium on, uh, well, a short course on, on writing for film and, you know, learned so much about different processes and ways you can approach it. But for me, I'm always, I always go straight to the piano and I really try and play around with it until I, um, I, I, I'll try lots of different ideas. I'll try and get an emotion out on the piano. I'll try and get a feeling from whether it's a certain set of notes or chords or something until I've got this little bit of music that gives the emotion that I think fits well with that, that, the overall thing of the film, the overall um, like, you know, theme of the film. Um, so definitely like I'm always a piano person, so I go straight to the piano. Have um, you ever exhausted know. the piano? Like Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and when I do that, that's when I try and go back to the film and I start because um, sometimes I'll have an, like a few of the films we've done, my first idea that I've tinkered around on the piano has been the main idea for the film and I've just gone with them. Like awesome, that fits perfectly. I'm going to use that. But mo- most of the time I'll play around with a lot of different ideas and nothing really stands out to me yet. And that's when I'll go back to the film and I'll sort of I'll look into it a bit deeper mm. and I'll um, try and pull out something. I'll look for something, whether it's maybe it's a, um, maybe it's a background noise um, or something that like maybe, maybe the theme in the film is the time element. And so then I'll start playing around with something that conveys a sense of time um, or, you know, I think in, in one of the recent films we did, um, in Unseen, for example, the, one of the main characters was, was blind. And so I actually did a bit of research into like what it was like to be blind and how sounds sounded to someone who was blind. So sort of sometimes it, sometimes you need to be a bit abstract. You need to sort of find something in the film to mm-hmm. sort of draw that, draw that out and connect with it. So that way the, the music doesn't feel disconnected from, from the picture. Um, and, you know, it hasn't always, hasn't always worked perfectly for me, but I think in general that's, that usually that process usually works, works pretty well. And what do you find if you come across uh, a block? Mm-hmm. How do you get over that block? Um, you just, you've just got to give it time. There's mm-hmm. really nothing else you can, you can do. Um, I'll, lis- I'll listen to a lot of music. Um, most of the f- recent films that we've done, like the probably last three or four, like I'll have like a Spotify playlist and I'll just, for each of the films, I'll just like, when I, when I, I'll just be listening to as much music and over as many genres as I possibly can, like just try and diversify it as much as I can. And anything that sort of sticks to me and I think, oh, you know, that might, that sort of sound, I like that sound, that might work for the film, add it to my playlist. And that way I can sort of, you know, look as well as like looking at other films that have a similar theme, maybe, you know, similar sort of films, look at the soundtracks for them. What did the composer do in those, in those films um, that maybe I could, you know, borrow from, borrow that inspiration from. Do you find the recent films have been a lot harder for you to create? Um, Yes, in a way, just because some of them are a bit longer format um, and that throws a whole mm. different ball game. As well, I think like the, the past recent films, they've had um, a lot more of uh, the, the stories have been um, a bit deeper as well and the responsibility you feel as well to be able to enhance that story and really tell it correctly in the music um, does make it a little bit more difficult and just 
makes you, you know, you want to, and I think like as an artist, you're wanting to improve as well and yeah. you want to make a, do a better job. Each, each film you do, you want to do a better job than the one you did previously. And that self-imposed pressure that you have <laughs> makes it difficult. And I'm sure you understand as well, like you, yeah. being a filmmaker, every film you make, you want it to be better than your previous one. You want to be improving. And having that pressure on yourself can be a bit daunting because you're like, well, you know, does this sound like something I've done before? Or, you know, mm. I want to do something different without losing your, um, like without, you know, sacrificing your your own um your own sound or your own voice in, in, in what you're creating. Mm. That's good, man. Good in, insights mm. as well into the way you create music, your process and everything like that. What was last couple of questions? Mm -hmm. What was your experience like at uh, the conservatorium? It was, it was very eye-opening, mm. very eye-opening. Um, I hadn't really read many books on film composing. So I didn't really understand how it actually worked, like the process worked for professional filmmakers and these big scale Hollywood films, what the actual process is. And I'd always had questions because, you know, you, you look at these films, you're like, how do they do that? You'll hear, you know, they, they wrote the music for the film from like the beginning concept to when they had to have it finished. I think um, Junkie XL, you might have, he, you know of him, he like, I think he said like he did one film in like six weeks or something, like, just writing the music from start to having finished all the recording for this wow. full feature film. And I just, how do they do that? So I got a lot of insights into the actual processes that these professionals really take and how, how to work and how to really um, look deeper into a film and really understand what um, the right emotions are to be bringing out and, you know, how to do a good, a good job with that. They don't sleep. That's my... Basically, yeah. it's nonstop. I think that's what Junk like, XL said in his interview. If you look on YouTube, there's a video of him talking about that. And I think that's what he said. He just didn't sleep. You know, he just worked and worked and worked and worked. Um, which, you know, that's what you do when you're hustling. You yeah. just, you've got to. Like, yeah. if you want to get something out of it, sometimes, like, you have an idea, mm. you can sit there for hours, like, based on that idea, just keep working. Absolutely. You don't want to wreck that, that. Uh, flow that you've got mm -hmm. you know so but i mean these guys as well they've what i learned was you know they've got teams of people with them like it's mm -hmm. not just one person and they've got orchestrators and writers and really the the job of the composer ends up being more of an more of an overseeing kind of a role and really guiding the direction of the music as opposed to necessarily sitting down and writing every single note um, down it's really a collaborative effort and i think that's um, that that was that was a bit daunting for me to learn that because I'm like, wow, you know, you think as a composer you want to write music like that, but you know, it's it's going to be tough when it's just a one man thing. But I guess as well that enables you to see, well, you know, they all started from the same position. You know, they didn't start with a team of people with them. They started just writing music on their own. And in the end, if that's you know if that's where you want to go and that's your passion, then you'll you'll get there. But it's just all about writing. Um, the best that you can at the time and with the resources that you have available. And for you, I guess, moving forward, mm -hmm. is that something you see yourself doing in the future, doing more either if it's part-time? Because there's an old saying, you mm -hmm. know, like do what you're good at as, uh, as a job, mm -hmm. do your passion as a career. Yeah. So is that what you want to have as your career? Mm -hmm. 
Um, I, I wouldn't say that I would be a film co- composer for a career. Um, I'm not. I'm. I'm not necessarily um, out for a career in any particular area. I'm more about. Um, you know, I think it's important to have something that brings in money. And I think the best thing is if that can then enable you to spend time doing things you're passionate about. So for me, I think music is always going to be more of a hobby for me throughout my life, I think. Um, it's it's hard to tell. You never know what might open up in the future. But right now I sort of see that um, being more of a hobby. And I, I think I kind of like it that way in a way because you don't have the pressure um, of having to say churn out so much music or having these crazy deadlines you need to meet. I think having a bit more of having it as more of a hobby allows you to be more creative because mm-hmm. you don't have certain criteria you need to meet necessarily or some contract you need to fulfill. It's a, it's a bit more, you have a bit more freedom and it means you, you can be a bit more creative as well. Yeah. I guess the, the difference between a job and a career is a career you decide. Yeah, that's true. And a job you kind of stuck in, mm, you know. Mm, mm. Uh, yeah, like um, that's awesome, man. Like I appreciate mm, mm. you sharing all that. Oh, no, um, thank you. I've Thanks, got so. a couple sure. last quick questions, yeah. quick fire ones. Go for it. Uh, three bits of advice that you can give to someone. Three bits of advice. Um, be open-minded is the first one, absolutely. Um, never think that you know everything. It's just that even the most expert person in the world there's no such thing as an expert. Um, my pastor in my church would say, you know, and it's so true. Everyone has areas they can grow in. Um, be, be, you know, be helpful to others. I think realizing where people are at an opportunity you have to mm-hmm. encourage someone and you don't, you don't know now, like looking back at the people that have influenced me, um, they probably didn't realize at the time that they were impacting me long term, but they did, you know, they did have an impact on me. Um, and you know, I, I think nowadays more than ever is there's a real big, um, push for giving back to giving back to the community or whatever area of interest you are, whether you're in web or, um, design or music or film, whatever it is, um, being open with your knowledge of what, you know, sharing it with others. Um, mm. I think that's part of uh, the awesome thing about the, the, the online community that we have nowadays is the ability for everyone to be able to share and help others with learning skills and helping people come from where they are to where, where you are maybe. Definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, so, certainly uh, Instagram, social media, mm-hmm. like the web has been able to do so much for so many people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just the way you use it at the same time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay, that, that's great advice, man. Really appreciate that. And yeah, my last, I think, three small questions okay. is, what your favorite movie is? I knew you were going to ask. <laughs> your favorite actor and the last movie that you watched. Okay. Um, favorite movie. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to say National Treasure. Ah, yes. Good. Good it's choice. A classic. Yes. Classic. Uh, favorite. Um, did you say actor? Was the next one? It's favorite actor. Favorite actor. Um, Can't be Nicolas Cage. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not Nicolas Cage. Don't worry. Um, Oh, favorite actor. That's that's really on the spot. I've got to say, um, like I'm 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 a Chris Hemsworth fan. I've got to say, he's an Aussie. Um, I'm a big fan of Chris Hemsworth. I'm just <laughs> he, he's great. Um, it's probably not my it's probably not my best answer, but that's <laughs> right now all, all I can think of is Chris Hemsworth. It's just been in my head. So I'm cutting that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris Hemsworth. Uh, who? And then what's the last movie I watched? 
uh, gosh, Mad Dogs. Mad Dogs with uh, Jonah Hill and Bradley Cooper. I haven't seen that. That's a. It's uh, I don't know if it's a new one. I think it's been out for a while, but it's uh, it's about like these guys to get into um, get themselves into. Is trouble. that War Dogs? No, Mad Dogs. War Dogs. War Dogs. Yeah, War That's Dogs. That's the one. Sorry, yeah. Mad Dogs. I was like Mad Dogs. Uh, <laughs> Jonah Hill. Have they done that? You can tell. Um, I, I watched that while I was uh, while I was doing other things. Um, yeah, that was that was the most recent film I've watched. And did you like that one? Um, it was it was pretty good. I, I think I watched it more for for Jonah Hill than for the. Uh, <laughs> For the actual story, there's a lot of films with that similar plot, I've got to say. It's a very common plot in Hollywood films. Yeah. Get yourself into trouble. What do you expect? You're going to get busted. Yeah. Um, but no, that was, that was, that's, that's the latest. Jonah Hill fan, huh? Uh, he's, he just gives you a laugh. Yeah. It, it's an awkward laugh and you're sort of like face palming a bit of the time, but it's a, it's a good laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and uh, like this lastly as well, yeah. what's next for you? Uh, what's next for me? Well, um, musically, um, I'm I'm really hoping to write write more, write more music. Um, we we run a kids ministry at our church, and um, I'm, I've been working on a few songs for them. So really looking at, at moving more into that area and writing, um, working, focusing a lot more on I'm trying to write some more sacred music because I do write a lot of music for films. Um, but like uh, I think that. Um, because there, there is that spiritual aspect to music, that's what I'm really trying to focus a bit more on. Um, and I've got a few other things, other things in the work of like technology-wise, that will hopefully um, provide you know easier access to um, good quality sacred music for for people that are interested in in that. So we'll we'll see what happens. But you know, the, the merging of technology and music is is what I'm hoping to to spend more time on. That's great, man. Thanks so much for your time and thanks no for coming on to the Storybox. Thank you. It's been, it's been great. It's, it's been awesome working with you over the years and, and great to, uh, to chat about it. Well, I'm definitely not cutting that out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cut that out. <laughs> thanks, man. Appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. Thank you. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart, but the very next day, you gave it away. Sorry, guys. Um, that would be probably the last time I sing on the Storybox podcast, but it is Christmas time. Well, it is Christmas month, actually. It's the month of December um, as I'm recording this. So really, really appreciate Zach coming on the Storybox podcast. And what did you think? Did you get something out of it? Let me know um, by either leaving a nice review or DMing me in uh, Instagram. I love when people DM and reach out. Um, it's very, very, it's very positive, I think, um, when people actually reach out. Uh, they give me advice or they just want to help as well. So I really, really do appreciate that. Um, so if you have made it to this point, thank you. Uh, just a little bit of housekeeping as well in terms of uh, where to go from, from now and who to thank, that sort of thing. So if you did get something out of this week's episode, then please uh, share it around to people that you know. Uh, the more people that listen to this, the better, because like I said before, music is really, really powerful. Music is a universal language and there might, there's a lot of people on the planet, billions of people that listen to music. And did you know that Beethoven, by the age of 44, he was totally deaf and he was one of the, the greatest composers that ever lived. So music, it has incredible, incredible power to get into your emotions and change as we spoke about on this episode. Um, 
So make sure that if you do know someone that needs to hear about why music is powerful and you don't really understand it, then this is the episode. Share it out to them as well. Um, also, just wanted to say a special thanks as well to Zach for creating the intro music for the Storybox. So the intro and outro music that you hear is actually created by Zach. So it just goes to show you how talented he is. Also, if you see one of my films, then you basically heard Zach's amazing talent um, on display um, because he just he has this incredible ability to get into my head as well and know exactly what I need or what I want for the music because I suck at music. So he understands it. <laughs> so having that kind of collaboration really, really helps as well. Um, so also I want to say thank you to uh, Nicholas. He reached out um, and asked if he could help and give his services up in editing some of the, the Storybox episodes that are coming up. So really, really do appreciate that, Nicholas. Um, so you can have a look at some of his work and links to that in the show notes below, along with Zach too. So anyway, guys, until next week, we have another exciting and very special guest coming up. I'm not going to spoil uh, that, but it is quite niche and I know it is a very important job. So um, keep up to date with who that's going to be. Uh, until next week, guys, don't forget to continue to share your stories around. Have a good one. Have a good one, guys. <laughs>